Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, K Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo, ayo. Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, senior content creator at the Gaming Society. We are missing Jake today, but he will be back shortly. So it's just the two of us, like old times. Ye old days. I am losing my voice a little bit. Me too, and I think it's because we went to the Steelers game this weekend, and we did a lot of screaming. Uh, way too much screaming. Not at all joyful screaming. <laughs> well, I mean, the game well, was pretty good, right? It was a close game, yelling, we had a lot of fun, it was a good time, but yeah, my voice is still shot. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that little hey, yeah, that was, was bad. a little rough. That was bad. Sorry, guys. But no, we're going to have a great show today. We have lots of news to get into because unfortunately, I just feel like there's a lot of injuries again. And then there was a, there was a big trade and then a, a big benching. So let's just hop right into that. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. The Jaguars traded away James Robinson to the Jets. Now, I don't know if you can hear my smile, but I am smiling quite big because you all know I'm in love with Travis Etienne. I'm in love with Etienne. I'm very excited that A, he was already freed, right? Like he's been doing his thing in the backfield. He's been doing his thing for fantasy. But now we don't have to worry about James Robinson at all any longer for the rest of the season. This is ETN's backfield. He doesn't have to. Like, yeah, Jermichael Hasty will get some carries, but it's not going to be the same as the fear that James Robinson could take over the backfield in any given game. What are your thoughts on this trade, Kate? Travis ETN, top five running back rest of season. Um, but the interesting thing is, like, I don't know if they had, um, you know, an inkling that they were going to try to trade uh, James Robinson before the deadline. We saw ETN play 80% of offensive snaps last week, which is, like, his his high by far this season. Maybe they were just trying to give a little uh, a little test, a little taste tester yeah. to see what he could do, and it didn't disappoint because he said – Three straight games averaging seven or more rush yards per attempt. And he has three nice matchups coming up here. He gets the Broncos in London, which the Broncos are a hard defense against the pass. You can actually run on them. That will be fine. And then the Raiders and the Chiefs. So he should have a nice little run here. I'm very excited for it. If you have him in fantasy, you're playing him, of course. Now on the other side, though, with James Robinson going to the Jets, like he got no, I don't even think he got a carry this week. With the Jets, though, with Brees Hall unfortunately going down with his ACL tear and out for the season, 
at least you'll get more playing time. But like, I'm not personally excited for it. Like the Jaguars traded away James Robinson for a reason, right? He's, he tore his Achilles and that apparently just destroys running backs. I mean, I also think like, I, I think that James Robinson, like solid ad for the Jets. I don't think yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. was, that a, was a bad move, but um, either way, Jets head coach Robert Sala said they were going to take it slow with James Robinson. So like not projecting this to be a big James Robinson week, not even going to like put him in as a flex play in my no, DFS. No, no. Like he's I'm on willing the bench. to play Michael Carter. And I think for the next week or two, like Michael Carter is a much better option. We'll talk about Michael Carter in a little bit. Oh, okay. Okay. I won't ruin that then. But yeah, Michael Carter's a good running back. And I think they just needed to go out and get somebody else that's more reliable that could be, you know, handle the carries uh, up the middle. But I like Michael Carter. All right. On the other hand, poor Matt Ryan, dude. He got benched and he's getting benched for Sam Ellinger. His shoulders, not just like benched, but like his shoulder is like out of its socket basically right now. He's got, I think, an, a, a pretty bad AC joint or. AC joint separation and the team went out of their way. Like he probably wouldn't have played through that anyway, but the team went out of their way. They're like, yes, we know he has this shoulder separation, but like that is not the reason why he's not playing. Like we do not want him to touch our football yeah. field. Like, well, and they said he's not going to play for the rest of the year. And it's not, that's not just because the shoulder injury, uh, there's like things that are in his contract that if he plays a certain amount of snaps, he gets a certain amount of money. Or like, you know, the injury concerns if you were to be injured and they couldn't get rid of him in the offseason. There's all that. So he's benched and it looks like for the rest of the season. So whether it's Sam Ellinger or Nick Foles, who's the quarterback too, we'll see if Ellinger can keep the job all year long. But he gets the commanders this week. He's a mobile quarterback uh, at Texas. He rushed for just under 2,000 yards and he had 33 rushing touchdowns over his four seasons with Texas. Is he an interesting, like, if you're struggling this week with buys or with injuries, do you think about plugging him in? Like, I have Justin Herbert on buy in a couple leagues, and I might have to go with him. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I'm actually cool with this. Like, I'm I'm kind of all about it. Michelle, you know that I'm always about, um, like, capitalizing on these guys that don't have a ton of NFL tape when they get their first career start. If you look at the preseason, like probably the most successful quarterback in the NFL preseason, I know it's the preseason, um, but it was Sam Ellinger. Like he just looked really, really solid in the reps that he got, which was fantastic. Um, like, again, I know it's the preseason, yeah, but when you don't get was good in the preseason. You don't want him to look bad in his reps in the preseason. That's, that's true. So like, I, I, I'm saying take it with a grain of salt, but I mean, he's got some wheels, and we all know that that is the fantasy football cheat code. I'm kind of cool with it. Like, I don't know. We we don't know what we're going to see, and, um, I, you know, I don't think opposing defenses are going to have him figured out just yet, and they're not going to know how the Colts are planning to utilize him, especially with that rushing ability. So I'm kind of down. Yeah. He threw four touchdowns in the preseason. And uh, he had an zero eight, interceptions, 83 completion rate on 29 pass attempts. Yeah. I mean, 
We'll see. Can't be worse than Matt Ryan. I mean, honestly, like it it can get worse. So I'm not too nervous about the wide receivers on this team because like Michael Pittman has been pretty terrible for fantasy besides a couple weeks anyways this year. So if you're starting him, there's really only upside here with this move. Same thing with Alec Pierce. Um, And then we'll see if Paris Campbell can keep doing his thing. But, yeah, I, I'm not worried with this move to a different quarterback. Like, it can only go up from here, you would think. Mike Williams, Chargers wide receiver, will miss at least four weeks with an ankle injury. That really stinks. They are on a bye this week. But if Josh Palmer is on the on the waivers due to, you know, being Josh Palmer and also having a bye, like, I would stash him. I think, like, Keenan Allen's still dealing with his injury. He should be back after the bye. But Justin Herbert likes to target Palmer doesn't always turn into good things but I think he'll be a very viable fantasy asset for at least a few weeks after the buy yeah I'm like I'm almost more inclined to just like not um but <laughs> well, but, but the, the waivers right now are gross yes. there's not a lot of yes. options and if you're looking to the future like let's say you have a record that's five and two right now and you're like okay I'm looking good I don't need someone for this week. Like, I, I think he's a pretty good stash, actually. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott sprained his knee in week seven. He did come through for me. I had him as a scrumptious start. He was did not look good on the ground, but he scored two touchdowns, and that's all that matters. He's, like, the only running back that couldn't, like, get a lot of yards per carry against the Lions because – He's Ezekiel Elliott, and he needs to probably retire. But I'll stop being mean to him. Michelle. He's questionable for week eight. Uh, we'll see if he plays. He He's a tough one. He does normally play through injuries. But this is a sprained knee. That's kind of crazy. I, I think Tony Pollard, even if Zeke does play, is the better option in this matchup than, you know, trying to play Zeke. So I, I'm, I, I'm not a huge t- Tony Pollard fan for fantasy but in this week I am I see no reason not to be a huge Tony Pollard fan for fantasy like there's because he rarely scores a lot of fantasy points oh okay I think he's a good running back not for fantasy I mean three games with 10 or more rush attempts and like he's a total backup played 65% of snaps last week if he plays 65% of snaps again in week eight he's probably a top 15 running back yeah, for sure. I mean, the Bears aren't the best matchup ever, but uh, I, I'm fine playing Tony Pollard this week, and you probably have to if you have him. Looking at my lineups, like even on teams I have really good records, I'm still like, how do I have a good record? Because these players all are not guys I thought would be good for fantasy this year. So it, it's a weird year for fantasy, and if you have Tony Pollard, just be excited that you have someone that you can play that should get 15 touches in this game, and he – He's plenty talented enough to break one off. So he's a good play this week. The Rams backfield on the other hand. Oh my Lord. All right. So we have Cam Akers still not with the team. We have no idea what's happening there. Are they going to trade him? Are they going to have to cut him? As if somebody's going to, like, if somebody was going to trade for him, they would have already done it. Yeah, probably. He's like, we just saw James Robinson get traded. You would have thought the Jets would go after Cam Akers, but they went after James Robinson. And I don't think they're confident. Compensation would be that different. Like, if the Rams do get a pick for Cam Akers, it's going to be a six rounder. I mean, I would venture to say that James Robinson would 
fetch more than Cam Akers. Like, yeah. James Robinson has looked much better in his return from the same injury. Even before the return, he looked much better. Like, before both of them tore their Achilles, James Robinson was the better running back. So I, I don't I don't know what happens there. But he's not likely to play this week. Then you have Daryl Henderson. He missed Wednesday's practice with an illness. <clears throat> Just keep an eye on his practice reports the next couple of weeks or next couple of days. It could be nothing or it could be something. But then Kyron, uh, Kyron Williams returned to practice and was designated to return from IR. Now they have 21-day window to activate him, so we don't know how soon that will be, but it's a good sign he's already back to practice. Now they get the 49ers this week, so I'm not interested in you know throwing in Williams. But it does sound like when Kyron comes back, he's going to be a pretty big part of this offense. He is a guy you need to stash because clearly they don't really like Daryl. Henderson all that much. I think he's talented, but the team tries their hardest not to have him on the field. It's just weird because whenever he's like touched the ball in a voluminous state, aka with volume, I don't even <laughs> know if voluminous is a word. Um, but anytime he's gotten like true volume, he's looked super good. It's uh, kind of like when they switch out these running backs and they don't allow them to get into a rhythm, like. I feel like that's been the struggle of Daryl Henderson. But when you see him get to carry the rock and get in a rhythm, he looks fantastic. So I don't think – like I, I think the point that the Rams are making is just that the Rams' backfield is not super important to them. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's hard. But I do think Kyron Williams is a good stash. Now, the dude ran like a, a 7.9 40 yard dash like it was absurdly slow obviously I know that wasn't it it was like a 4.7 so he doesn't have a great breakaway ability you wouldn't think in the NFL at Notre Dame he was all right I thought he okay so he ran an official 4.65 which is but he's like a hundred pounds yeah so that's that's the biggest (laughs) problem but it's not like he's a 240 pound running back out here running a 4.65 he's legit like I don't even know if he's over 200 pounds I don't think he's like a super athletic guy but I do think that he's looked a little bit faster on tape than he has shown at that combine yeah I mean and Sean McVay is very stubborn and I'm sure he'll play him and I don't know if it'll turn into much but just a guy to keep an eye on and stash if you have a spot for sure if you're a running back needy team, just find a spot for him on your bench. Or uh, you might be able to stash him on IR. Yeah, you still can do that for sure. Yeah. That's a great idea. Debo Samuel did not practice on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. He's day-to-day. Keep an eye on that. James Conner and Daryl Williams returned to practice for the Cardinals on Wednesday. So although Eno Benjamin had a very nice fantasy outing in Week 7, it's going to be really hard to trust him, to like start him in Week 8. Yes, he should get more work because now he's shown that, okay, maybe I deserve it a little bit more. But James Conner and Dell Williams will still be involved, especially Conner, if he plays. Yeah. And then that's like a three-headed monster on a pretty bad offense. I want no part of that. Talking about bad offenses, the Panthers' backfield right now. Ah, Good transition. Uh, Chuba Hubbard did not practice on Wednesday with an ankle injury. If he's out, then I like Deonta Foreman. Like against the Falcons, if they both play, it's a little bit harder to decide which one to go with. But 
it would be great if Hubbard was out just so we know, okay, Foreman's the dude to start. Yeah, and I I mean, Foreman, he he looked good uh, once Hubbard was out of the game last week. So um, had a really nice stat line to close out week seven, I think. Uh, we've we've seen in in moments where he's needed to come up clutch as a backup, he does so. I don't think he can sustain it throughout an entire season. So that's what I'm more interested in what he does long term, but short term, I like him as a start, especially if Chuba's out. Yes. DeAndre Swift practicing in full on Wednesday. Please. It was a shocker to me anyways that he didn't play after the bye. I thought after the bye week they would get him in. They did not, but now he's practicing in full. That's a really good sign. Let's really hope he can play because we need better fantasy players. It's been gross. Russell Wilson, I guess, is ready to rock for this week, he said. A direct quote. Yeah, direct quote. He's ready to rock. It seems like a great time to plug my article over at uh, thegamingsociety.com where I ranked Russell Wilson's top five most cringy moments. Um, What was number one? I'm not going to give that away. All right, all right, all right, all right. But yeah, he plays in London this week. You're not playing him in fantasy, but I guess like it, it keeps Cortland Sutton a, a viable fantasy option. That's all I'll say. <laughs> That's all I'll say. All right, let's hop into our scrumptious starts of the week. <laughs> So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right. So last week, Kate and I made a little bet. And listen, it was Josh Jacobs had to be a top seven running back for Kate to win. I I liked Josh Jacobs last week. I was very high on him, and I told Kate that she could not have Josh Jacobs as a scrumptious start because it was too obvious. But I was like, okay, let's make sure he's a top seven running back, and he killed it, and he was amazing. Uh, He scored three touchdowns. He's just a really good running back, and that was a really good matchup, and Kate was right. Um, Ooh, I love hearing that, by the way. I feel like I didn't say he wouldn't be a top seven. I just said you set the over under yes. at top seven and you took the over. I didn't take, I just said, no, you, you took the over. I said for him to be your scrumptious start, he has to at least be a top seven running back this if week. You didn't think he was going to finish uh, as a top seven or worse. Uh, well, I'm not, then you shouldn't have taken the bet. I'm just going to take a big sip of my wine and that will be my punishment. Chug a lug, chug a lug. I mean, there's only uh, so I much. Drink, drink another sip. That there's was only ridiculous. so much of a big sip of red wine you can take. You I know? mean, it's not like with that attitude. Yeah, you can't can't take a big sip if All you're right. not. I took two big sips. Okay, it's worth it. I, I don't remember. I mean, if someone wants to call me out on that, I just feel like I was telling you that it was so obvious. So I feel like I was on your side. I need to go back and listen. Anyways. Get into your first scrumptious start of the week. Hopefully it's as good as Josh Jacobs was last week. I mean, I think it is probably not going to be. <laughs> but <laughs> I I do think this is a really good start. Miles Sanders against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Miles Sanders has actually been like a really decent running back this season. Ranked seventh in rushing yards on the season. He's the running back 15, but that's due to, you know, a lack of receiving work. He's just uh, he's actually got just under 60% of the team's running back targets. But the issue is that the Eagles are targeting running backs at a pretty low rate. But 
I do think that the rushing potential should be enough here, averaging 90 scrimmage yards per game. This is just a, a, a nice matchup. Uh, I think you can stream any position against the Pittsburgh Steelers. TJ Watt's not going to be back. Uh, he's averaging one carry inside the five per game, tied for the fifth most red zone carries on the year. I like the Eagles are utilizing Miles Sanders pretty heavily, and I think he should be in your lineup, especially in a matchup against the Steelers, who haven't been strong against the running back. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, like you said, most positions against the Steelers are pretty good, and Miles Sanders is a good running back. The issue with Miles Sanders is you never know what Jalen Hurts is going to steal. Is he going to steal his rushing touchdowns? Is he going to steal his carries? So that's always an issue, but... But I still think it's impressive that even with Jalen Hurts and even with Boston Scott, who you see getting snaps, like even with all of these ancillary, uh, you know, assets, still having the fifth most red zone carries on the year, like pretty impressive. For sure. All right. My scrumptious start of the week is Raheem Mostert against the Lions. Raheem must start. Must start. He is averaging 14 points per game over the last four weeks. He's the RB19 over that span in points per game. Like, he's getting fed is the thing. They, they've they completely gone away from Chase Edmonds. And over the last four weeks, it's been uh, 15 carries, 18 carries, 14 carries, 16 carries. He's getting some targets in there as well. He's averaging nearly 18 touches per game. 90 scrimmage yards per game over the last four weeks and his offensive snaps are way up there getting over 44 offensive snaps in each of the last four games so like he's their dude he's the dude with the with the dolphins and now they get the lions which is like one of the best matchups you can get if you're a running back they're allowing the third most fantasy points to the running back position this year over the last three games, they allowed Rashad Penny to score 29 fantasy points. R.I.P. Ramondre Stevenson to have over 150 rushing yards, and he scored nine, or nearly 20 fantasy points. I don't know why I thought you were going to say 19 touchdowns, and I was going to be like, that's a lie. <laughs> the thing is, he didn't score a touchdown, but he had 161 rushing yards against the Lions. And then Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard last week combined for 30 fantasy points. Zeke got into the end zone twice. Tony Pollard was great on the ground efficiency-wise. Zeke was not because he's Ezekiel Elliott. Oh. But this is this is just a slam dunk. It, it really is. I think Raheem Mostert is a must start. Oh, my God. I didn't even try. I really didn't try for that. It just kind of all went together. Mostert wow. is a must start. I kind of like it. Didn't you, didn't you get that when I said Raheem Mostert? Oh, what? Must start? I literally <laughs> just said that five minutes ago. <laughs> well, I didn't listen to you at all. Oh. It went one ear out the other like most of the things you say. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I think I just stole your joke. But I also think the joke might be from the fantasy footballers, now that I think about it. I think we're just recycling a joke. Anyways. I don't know. I think I think that's just like a everybody. If I stole it from somewhere, I'm very sorry. And apparently I stole it from my wife, but they would steal it from another podcast. Yeah, so. if I stole it from somebody, I'm very sorry. <laughs> Anyways, like I, if you have Najee Harris, I'm starting Raheem Moster over Najee Harris. If you have Ezekiel Elliott and he plays, I'm starting Moster over Elliott. I'm starting Moster probably even over Tony Pollard. Like, what about you? 
Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I actually was coming into the dock, uh, and I was going to put Raheem Mostert as my must start, and you took him. So cool. Yeah, he is like, just get him into your lineup. That's all I have to say. And uh, I, I will say, Kay and I are both doing three scrumptious starts this week since Jake's not here. So you're not going to lose out on any scrumptious start. No. So who's your second guy? I want to talk about Brian Robinson Jr. Please, because I have to play him in a league and I don't like it. So please make <laughs> me feel better. I actually, like, I think that, uh, like, hasn't been efficient. Uh, Brian Robinson Love the story, but he has not been a perfect running back. I'll say that. Uh, played a uh, season high for him, 35 offensive snaps last week. He's had 17 or more carries in each of the last two weeks. He's gotten the start. Uh, again, he's been super inefficient, but those touch totals are insane. And the Colts are allowing just under 21 fantasy points per game to the running back. Ninth most rush yards per game to opposing running backs, which I found kind of surprising. Um, and, like, Gibson, he's scored touchdowns. He's gotten some receiving work. But when you look at the red zone work, he, we've seen uh, Brian Robinson Jr. have nine red zone carries, which is tied for the sixth most in the NFL since returning from being shot multiple times. Like, this dude has, like, become him. He is him. And, like... This oh, team is no okay to like the commanders think he's him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, but why are you trying to be Gen Z over here? I'm trying, you're old. I'm trying to be hip with the boobops. Um, I do think that Brian Robinson is a good start. Like, how many running backs can you realistically sit who are getting? 17 20 carries per game you can't sit these guys you would play most or over brian robinson though right yes what about michael carter or brian robinson brian robinson that's a tough one for me i, I like michael about, carter better but i like the more upside i think that it's michael carter. carter but brian robinson has the upside of getting two two rushing touchdowns which i don't know I mean, I think Carter just did that a couple week, weeks ago. So I, I guess he did that last week. Upside. But I do like I don't I don't like Carter's matchup against the Patriots. Like I I think Bill Belichick is not going to be scheming to shut down Zach Wilson because he schemes himself out of the games. <laughs> like you're gonna be scheming for to stop the run game because that's literally all the Jets have. Um, like I, that's why I choose Brian Robinson over. Michael Carter. I could see them finishing with a similar number of touches, but I do think that Brian Robinson with this matchup has a chance to be a little bit more efficient with those. Cool. My second scrumptious start of the week is DJ Moore versus the Falcons. I get it, right? Like DJ Moore has been gross all year long and he finally had a good week last week and, you know, he scored nearly 20 fantasy points in PPR leagues. He had 10 targets. It turned into seven receptions for just 69 yards, so not great, but he did score a touchdown, which he doesn't normally do. The reason I'm chasing these points is because he gets the Falcons this week. And if you don't, if you didn't read my article on NFL.com, shame on you, but I talked all about Tyler Boyd last week against the Falcons, and it was, he's going to have a great game because he gets the Falcons defense who cannot stop anybody in the slot I swear to God I could go out there play in the slot and I'm gonna put up yardage against the Falcons I will 
So DJ Moore, he's not totally just a slot receiver. Like he plays on the outside too, but he gets his slot snapped and he's going to destroy the Falcons defense in that area. And PJ Walker is still starting. So, you know, he'll still have him who clearly he can perform better with than Baker Mayfield. And the Falcons not only are just allowing a ton of points to all wide receivers this year, but when you're looking at the slots, it's Jarvis Landry. He had 114 yards against them. Cooper Cup, like, yeah, he's great. 108 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, 76 yards. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk combined for 160 yards. And then last week, Tyler Boyd, 155 yards. I, I do think DJ Moore is a must start this week as well. I'm playing him over guys like Deontay Johnson, over Brandon Cooks, over Curtis Samuel, over Christian Kirk, over Tyler Boyd, who just did it against his defense. I'm not chasing those points. I'm putting DJ Moore in. Obviously, if you have guys like A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill, yeah, you're starting them over him. But most teams don't have those options. So get DJ Moore into your lineup. You know, what's really crazy is that DJ Moore is actually on pace, uh, despite like having the worst season of all time. Uh, to tie at least his touchdown record uh, <laughs> that he has of four touchdowns. So, like, he already has as many touchdowns as he did his entire rookie season, and he has half as many as he's ever had before. So. Yeah, dude does not score touchdowns, that's for sure. No, but, hey, I'm saying we're on pace, even though this has been a god-awful season. Good for good for TJ Moore. Yeah. Okay, so apparently you hate the Steelers because your third scrum to start of the week is also a Philadelphia Eagle against the Steelers. Yeah, this is going to be a Are bad you even game. a Steelers fan? I am. Oh, my God. I, I'm i sorry. Um, I actually so – Why are you trying to hurt us? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, I swear. So I the, the whole thing that I was going to say is that I, I do want to say start Devonta Smith against the Steelers because I've told you you stream – any all and all wide receiver, any and all literal person against the Steelers. Um, but like Devontae Smith, he's actually been kind of hot since week one um, when he had zero receptions for zero yards. Uh, he has had either 80 receiving yards or a touchdown in four out of the last five games. He's seen 11 or more targets twice. I think that this matchup, there is going to be like, I, I picture this matchup being one of those things where. The Eagles get that first half lead and then kind of coast out the rest of the game. And I think Devonta Smith and, uh, you know, A.J. Brown, I think Dallas Goddard, there's going to be room for everybody in this game. Um, but my second start, I do want to talk uh, just – I want to give a shout-out to Tony Pollard, who's had three games of 80 or more rushing yards as a backup. And like I said, played 65% of snaps last week. I could picture him doing it again. And – He's he's super efficient. Like, it, it, just do it. Just do it. Well, okay, so if you're in the flex and you have to decide between Devonta Smith or Tony Pollard, who are you going with? Uh, if, if Zeke was playing, I would play Devonta Smith. If Zeke is out, Tony Pollard's a top six running back. I will say the Steelers defense has been a little bit better over the last two weeks. I mean, they didn't allow Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle to go off, which is pretty huge. The week before that, they held Mike Evans. Chris Godwin had a good game. But 
I, I, I don't know. I'm a, I, I think A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are, are definitely, like, get them into your lineup. They're great wide receivers, and they should have a great game in this matchup. I'm calling it right now, and I will take a tequila shot. And I, I promised myself I would never make a tequila bet on this podcast, but I'm going to do it because this is kind of a crazy thing to say. The Steelers, who are 2-5, and five, are going to beat the 6-0 and o Eagles on the road because it's in Philadelphia this week. <laughs> I'm calling it. And if they do not win, I will take a tequila shot. <laughs> what? What has possessed you to think that? Because it's ridiculous to say the Steelers are going to win. I just really feel it. But I don't want to just say something and not have anything against, like, nothing holding me accountable. I hate tequila more than life, unless it's in a margarita. So this is holding me accountable for saying stupid things. And maybe I'll learn my lesson if they get their booties kicked. FanDuel Sportsbook actually has odds available uh, to bet on which team will be the first team to uh, hand the Eagles their loss. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are the odds favorite right now. Well, because they play them right I know, now. <laughs> I know. But I'm just saying, like, um, you know, Texans plus 460, Commanders plus 600. Odds go back down to plus 55. Like, you see some fluctuation here in the odds following this game. So I know it's because it's the most immediate game. But I still think it's really, really interesting. And they are plus 1,600 to go undefeated. Would you take those odds? No. No, 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 no. I re- I love the Eagles. I love Jalen Hurts. I actually love their schedule rest away. Here's the rest of the Eagles schedule. Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts, Packers, Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants. I think they'll go 13 and 4. That's my prediction. I really, I, I love this team. I love Jalen Hurts, but they're going to lose to the Steelers this week. That's what's going to happen. Okay. If any of you want to bet on those <laughs> odds, go to fanduel.com slash the gaming society to, uh, to this place your bets. wasn't an ad, but Kate just made it one. That's fine. I hey, was not. you know what? The gaming society helped me out a little bit. Keep me employed. And if you're going to bet, go to fanduel.com slash the gaming society. We just lost all Hashtag of the Hashtag keep Kate employed. <laughs> all right. My last crunch start before we get into the farty fart phase of the week. Ooh. Uh, T. Higgins at the Browns. So T. Higgins, like we know he's a good wide receiver, right? If he's healthy on the field, he's good. It felt disappointing last week, although he had over 90 receiving yards. Like His fantasy production with 14 fantasy points in PPR felt disappointing because Tyler Boyd went off and then Jamar Chase had two of the receiving touchdowns. And T. Higgins, oh my God, he got a touchdown stolen away. Like he was in. And they just didn't challenge it. But anyways, it felt disappointing. But he's so good. When you're looking at wide receivers, they have the most receiving yards when aligned out wide this year. Even though T. Higgins has missed plenty of playing time this year with his injuries, he is still ninth on this list of most receiving yards aligned out wide. He's only behind guys like Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle, Stephon Diggs, Mike Williams, surprisingly Cortland Sutton, and then it's T. Higgins. So, like, he's still doing his thing even though he's been injured. He is killing it when he's on the field. And when you look at the Browns, you might see, okay, they're not the best matchup against wide receivers, but actually they are. They're just so good against slot wide receivers, it kind of skews it. Like, you cannot perform as a slot wide receiver against the Browns this year. 
that's a big reason why I don't have him as my fade of the week because I'm just going to bring it up here. Tyler Boyd, don't go chase those points. He had the best matchup for slot wide receivers last week. That's why I loved him. He has the worst one this week. Do not play him, in my opinion. I'm not playing him. But T. Higgins, on the other hand, the Browns are allowing the second most yards to wide receivers when aligned out wide. And that's T. Higgins' role, as well as Jamar Chase's. Chase will have a good game as well. But I, I just think this is a T. Higgins game. Maybe also, like, Chase will get his. I don't think many targets will go to Boyd. You don't have to worry about that. So get him into your lineups. Like, I think he should be ranked as a top 12 wide receiver this week. I'm playing him over Michael Pittman, over Debo Samuel, even over DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I'm saying get him into your lineups, basically. I don't think this is that bold. I don't think this is as bold as you think it is. I don't think it's bold. I'm just saying I think he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. I know. I don't. I just don't think that's a bold, bold statement. Like, say top five. No, top 10. How many times has he been a top 10 wide receiver this year? Probably not too often. So I, I, I'm going to say top 10, and I think that's bold enough, and I think that's good enough to get him into your lineup. I mean, it is. I just – And people are saying who wouldn't play T. Higgins. I'm just – you know, we can't always go crazy here. we got to give some – Give some advice for those that have some good lineups as well. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to discriminate against the the people who actually drafted well and yeah. played the waiver wire. So. Yeah. All right, it's time to get into our biggest farty fart fades of the week. It doesn't feel the same saying farty fart without Jake. Like he, <laughs> you have to have a boy in the room yeah, if you, you say the really, word farts. You really do. It's just fades of the week without Jake. Yeah. We're going to be lame. It's Pinky just, up, baby. Pinky uh, up. <laughs> Who's your biggest fade of the week? I don't like this because I think he's very playable. I don't I think like he's play. I think he's playable, and I think, like, I'm going to be starting him, but he's still a fade. A, a reminder, guys, a player can be a fade, but, like, no, you could still be startable. And it's Michael Carter versus the Patriots. I already talked about this earlier, so I'm not going to harp too much, but, like, Bill Belichick is going to try to make them run the ball. And – like, Zach Wilson, not a threat, period. Uh, his wide receivers, uh, you know, super, super talented. They're the bigger threat, but Zach Wilson can't get him the ball. So, uh, looking at a at defense that's already along the six fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, I don't think this is going to be a great game script. But even, like, Michael Carter himself, I think he's going to get plenty of volume, which makes him a start. He has touchdown upside, but looked great in week one. But since then, he's been kind of inefficient. Five of the last six games, he's averaged 3.6 or fewer yards per rush attempt. Like, he hasn't been flawless. And I think we can expect a lot of inefficiency. You're still going to start him. But this is one of those situations where if I have to, I'm going to try to counter that with a high upside type player i wanted to yell phony phony when you said you're gonna play him so i mean i i am but <laughs> all right let's, uh, let's i practice what i preach all right let's let's discuss then we're looking at other options devin singletary versus packers or michael carter versus the patriots um i'll take michael carter just for volume's sake uh the the pack or the Packers are projected to lose by uh, ten or more points for Vegas, which is nuts. Uh, and we've already seen time and time again when the Bills get a heavy lead, they don't use their running backs. I do think that 
Carter's going to have more volume this week. All right, Jamal Williams versus the Dolphins. If DeAndre Swift plays. Uh, I still think I'm going to go with Jamal Williams or the touchdown upside. I mean, the, there's hardly any running back in the NFL with more carries inside the red zone than Jamal Williams. Gus Edwards at Tampa Bay or Michael Carter? Ugh. Gus Edwards. All right. All right. Do you I, think that's fair? Yeah, I do because I'm – I think I'm, Michael Carter is an RB2. I think he's a fine RB2, but he could be a low-end RB2. I think he's going to be inefficient. Okay. Fair, fair. My fate of the week is Justin Fields at the Cowboys. Yes, Fields had his best fantasy day last week. It was his first time scoring over 20 fantasy points in a game this season, but I'm not chasing those points. And he, I mean, he's actually been all right for the last three weeks. Scored 17 fantasy points in week five, 18 in week six, and then 23 in week seven. So it's been three straight weeks where he's been a very startable guy. Uh, with week seven being pretty much the only one where you're super, where, where, not even super, like that you're happy to start him. But now he gets the Cowboys. They've allowed just 11 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this season. They've yet to allow a quarterback to score 17 plus fantasy points against them this year. And like they've played pretty good guys. Like Joe Burrow scored just 16.6 against them. Jalen Hurts, who's been fantastic for fantasy, just 16.9 fantasy points against them in week six. And then they played other uh, quarterbacks like Jared Goff, who's had decent fantasy weeks this year. He scored 1.5 fantasy point against them. Daniel Jones, who's had decent weeks, just 13.7 points. And that's kind of my point here with Daniel Jones because everyone's like, well, this is different because Justin Fields can run. I mean, A, Hurts can too, and he didn't really on this offense or on this defense. But Daniel Jones did. I mean, Daniel Jones did his thing. He had 79 rushing yards against the Cowboys, and he finished with just 13.7 fantasy points. I don't even know how that's possible. You're getting eight points just from rushing. <laughs> like, you got eight points just from rushing in that game, yet you finish with 13.7 fantasy points in that matchup. And I could see that being the same thing. Like the Cowboys just don't allow very many passing yards per game. They're allowing just uh, just over 200 passing yards per game. And they're allowing fewer than one total touchdown per game to quarterbacks. That's including passing and rushing. Five total passing touchdowns allowed this year. Yeah, it's just not... And zero rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks. This is not a matchup I want to trust Justin Fields in. I will say right now, I am I in the league, I was talking about Sam Ellinger. Justin Fields is sitting there on waivers. I could pick him up. I picked up Sam Ellinger to start over Justin <laughs> Fields this week because of Ellinger's matchup against the Commanders. This can make me look so stupid. We'll see. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But I'm playing Sam Ellinger this week over, over Justin Fields. So that should tell you everything i'm kidding the dallas cowboys have allowed six passing touchdowns what a trash defense trash trash garbagio that's yeah that's that's one passing touchdown per game no not even they played seven games oh maybe if you listened i said they're allowing fewer than one touchdown per game why are you so mean and angry all right who's your second fate of the week I don't even remember now because of how mean and angry you are, but I guess I'll spitball here and go with A.J. Dillon against the Bills, who I am here to say is a bad sit each and every week, and 
he needs to be yeah, on even, your bench, why if is not on waivers. Like he shouldn't be in your. You should because be people are holding on. I'm still seeing questions about AJ Dillon. I'm like, there I played is, AJ Dillon over Juju last week, even though I knew Juju was a good start, and I just didn't get into my lineup soon enough. And I will never forgive myself. No, like there's literally no reason to start AJ Dillon in my mind, at least for now. Until we see a change in usage, A.J. Dillon is a stash on your bench uh, in case Aaron Jones gets injured. Like, I would rather start. one? I'm not rooting for injuries in the slightest. So no. I'm wrong. But this is the one year that Aaron Jones can stay healthy, the one year I buy into A.J. Dillon. But, like, it, it's to the point where I would rather start, like, Jamal Williams with DeAndre Swift on the field than I would A.J. Dillon with Aaron Jones on the field. Like, it's just not this – this offense isn't good, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers, like, isn't doing a ton. They're still not really utilizing the run game, which has been surprising. It's a bad matchup, but 20 total carries over the last three weeks. Not a single touchdown since week one. Like, if week you one needed... looks so good. I was so excited after week one. It looks so promising for him. And then it's gone downhill. And Aaron Jones is clearly the better player for this team. Like, AJ Dillon should not be getting a lot of touches. It, it, it's clear. Aaron Jones is much better. So I get it. I get it. And yeah, I'm totally with, like AJ Dillon's not startable against the Bills. He's just not. He's not startable ever, but he's not startable against the Bills. And no. if you end up playing him and he, you know, he gets a one inch touchdown, then good for you for being the luckiest human of all time. I'm not starting him. Yeah. Like I do think, you know, it's not all on AJ Dillon. Looking at the Packers offense, Packers running backs have had just 18 total red zone carries so far this season. Last year, at the same point, they had had 30. Like, that's a lot less opportunity for your running backs to score fantasy points. And until we see some sort of shift in the offense, A.J. Dillon is purely a bench player, and I will take him over any of these. uh, or I would start any of these other fades over him in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm starting Gus Edwards and starting Michael Carter. I'm starting Deonta Foreman. I'd start you over <laughs> maybe AJ Dillon. Probably score the same amount of points. Yeah. Uh, all right, my last fade of the week is Deontay Johnson uh, against the Eagles. I love Deontay Johnson. I think he's extremely talented. I get he drops the ball sometimes. So does a lot of great wide receivers. So does. So do a lot of great wide receivers. Tell me what you do. But Deontay Johnson this year, I mean, the quarterback situation he cannot overcome, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Cuddy Pickett, he's getting a ton of targets, just like he did last year. He has five games with 10-plus targets this year. He He's doing the same thing as last year, where he's earning the targets. The issue is it's turning into nothing. It's like Somehow it's worse than last year with Ben. I, I didn't know that was possible. I thought Ben was kind of the floor last year. I was dead wrong. Last week against the Dolphins, he had 10 targets that turned into just 42 receiving yards. He hasn't scored a receiving touchdown or any touchdown all year long. Uh, he's had fewer than 10 fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. Has not scored more than 17 fantasy points in PPR at all this season. Like His upside is just nothing. And in this matchup against the Eagles, who have two great corners on the outside, it's just not worth it to start him. Like, 
you're risking having a terrible, terrible game for 12 points. Like that's, that's pretty much what you're hoping for with upside here. The Eagles are the second best defense against outside wide receivers or wide receivers aligned out wide. And we know that's Deontay Johnson's entire role. Like the Steelers are not creative enough to move him around and get him in good, good situations. He's going to play on the left and he's going to do the same thing. And he's going to get targets right on the out of bounds line and not have any chances for yards after the catch. That's what this offense is because Matt Canada is the worst offense coordinator in the league. I'm sorry, dad. It's true. He will disagree, but I, I just can't. The thing is, you're probably still going to have to play Deontay Johnson. I'm saying all this, and if you have him, there aren't a lot of great options. I, I went and looked at the rankings, and it's like, oh, who would I play over him? Like, I'm playing DJ Moore over him. I'm playing Terry McLaurin. I'm playing Chris Olave. I'm even playing Wondell Robinson over him. But after that, I don't want to get, like, too cute, you know? Like, I, I don't want to start, like, Darius Slayton over him, although, like, he could easily have a better game. He has more upside. I don't want to start Michael Gallup or Romeo Dobbs or anything like that. So it, it is hard right now out there in this fantasy landscape. You might have to start him. But I just, I think like 10 points is where he's going to be at in PPR. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not great. Yep. Yep. This has been a rough podcast for the Steelers. <laughs> it has. And we were mean to them last week or the week before that. I mean, we're mean we to- see why. Yeah. We clearly pay attention to them most, and I'm very sorry for being so mean to them if you are a Steelers fan. But I like I, I would rather play George Pickens this week than Deontay. You know? I mean, Pickens is definitely the guy that Kenny I'm still not excited to start him because he's still he's still playing in the outside a lot. No, but he definitely has more of the rapport with Kenny than Chase Claypool might be the sneaky start this week, playing on a slot against oh, the Eagles. Interesting. If you have to start one, I would go with Chase Claypool. Maybe they want to feature him ahead of the trade deadline. Yeah, could be. All right, to end out this podcast, we'll help you make your lineups as always. So let's go through some of these guys that you might be deciding between this week, and we'll just give you a quick reason why we play them. So first up, Wandell Robinson at at the Seahawks or Curtis Samuel at the Colts. Curtis Samuel started off hot, not so hot lately. Mm -mm. And then Wandell, you know, he's – the thing is, I'm giving Wondell Robinson credit and like being like, I would start him when like he's being pretty much exactly Deontay Johnson, but not as good, like not as talented, and also just not putting up the same production. So I take it back. I'd still start Deontay over Wondell. <laughs> that I was guess, really fun. I feel like I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's a rookie and he's more exciting, but is he? Like he's not really. He's going to get seven to eight yards per reception. He's going to need it. 10 receptions to be good, but I, him and Curtis Samuel are basically the same exact players. And I like Robinson's matchup way more than Samuel's. The Colts are the hardest against wide receivers this year for fantasy. So I'm going with Robinson. What about you? Did we just like do a triple back take over and over? I, yeah, hundred percent going with Wandale. I do think that he has more upside. Like we saw his offensive snap rate jump from 23% to 69% over the past two weeks. Like he's getting more involved, eight targets. Like I have not been a believer that he can overcome his small stature, but I like point blank. He is 
this team's wide receiver one right now, and I'm not here to argue about yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, Galladay and uh, um, I can't even remember his name anymore because he never plays. Kadarius Tony, uh, are both still not practicing this week, so it's still so, gonna be Wandell. Another eight to ten targets incoming. Yeah, I'll take another that. fifty to sixty yards, and hopefully you can get in the end zone. But as I said, I like the matchup a lot more. Moving on, we got Darius Slayton at the Seahawks, so another Giants wide receiver, or Marquise Goodwin versus the Giants. Same matchup. Ugh, Michelle. Listen, Goodwin with DK Metcalf out. He got two Ugh. touchdowns last week. Geno Smith is doing his thing. He has 67 yards. But also, like... It's like a Wandale Robinson stat line. So Darius Slayton, though, I will say for the Giants, has way more upside than Wandale does. Because he can, like, get a long touchdown. I don't know if Wandale has that in him. We I mean, like, you say that, but, again, in the last four weeks, he's had two games with fewer than 20 yards. Like, but floor also, is very low. Also, yeah, he also had one game with a touchdown. So was Wandale Robinson. Like... I'll I'll take the chance on Marquise Goodwin uh, in the hopes that we'll see some more work with DK Metcalf out. Yeah, same. I'll go with Goodwin. Michael You're Carter. Oh, we already did this one. Michael Carter or Gus Edwards. Did we do this one? Well, we talked yeah. about these guys a I lot. I said Edwards. Oh, my gosh. I'm going with Michael Carter. I don't know what I said earlier, but I already changed it. I'm going with Michael Carter. I think he has more burst. Like, I think he has more capability to break one off. So I'm going to go with him. Gus Edwards did not play very many snaps last week. And I know the Panthers just ran all over the Bucks, but normally they're a good run defense. So I'm going to go with Michael Carter. But it's close. It's close. Tony Pollard or Najee Harris? I don't even think we really need to ask this one. It's Tony Pollard. Even if Zeke plays. Tony Pollard against the Bears, Najee Harris against the Eagles. Upside is much more significant. Yeah, I'm going with Pollard pretty easily. And then the last one, Irv Smith Jr. versus the Cardinals, who allow a ton of points to the tight end position, or Kyle Pitts versus the Panthers. That is, are you trying to kill me and all of our listeners? If Kyle Pitts had any other name, he would be on waivers. I think Kyle Pitts probably should be on waivers. That's um, it, but he's not because he was a drop him, pick. drop him as a landmine. No one's on drop your. Him. I I don't even. I did not draft him in a single league, so I don't have to worry about it because I was not high on him. But if I did draft him, I would have too much anxiety that if I dropped him, then he'd finally go off. He has five. Wait, hold on. One, two, three. He has four, one five. game with more than 20. one game with more than twenty six receiving yards this year. With more than twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. More than 20. Sorry. I was thinking like greater than equal, but yeah. yes. Um, it's been like super ugly. One game with more than three receptions. No. And only <laughs> no. One touchdown. No. No. It's Irv Smith. The Cardinals are allowing a ton of points to the tight end position. And Irv Smith and Kyle Pitts are pretty much the same person. I feel like they're both super athletic. They both can do their thing. They're both not used enough. But I'm going to go with the better matchup. And yeah. So I'm going to take. 
Yeah, I mean, go with the better matchup and the guy who's actually being targeted by his team. Like, that seems like a good... We just had Kyle Pitts has only had one game over 25 receiving yards. At least Irv Smith has had four of his six games over 25 receiving yards. I mean, he doesn't have a game over 42, but still, his uh, floor is not as low as Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And I don't know what his ceiling is because it's Irv Smith. But But I still, I, I like him in this matchup a lot. He's averaging almost five targets per game. Kyle Pitts is not, and I think this is a better matchup. So, yeah, rolling with Irv. Cool, cool. Now, guys, I apologize if you're looking for my fire and ice last week. I traveled to Fort Lauderdale. I did plan to get it out. It just didn't work out. I was hanging out with family. I promise it will be out Thursday on Twitter. So look out for that. It will be there. Um, If you have any other questions before the games, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, at FF Ball Blast. Bye, y'all. Bye.